morning. Welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Michael Talircio, pastoral intern of Forest Hill Presbyterian Church, and you're joining us for day 530 of our daily walk through the scriptures. We're looking at First Chronicles yet again today, chapter 8, continuing on with the genealogies that begin this book. The first nine chapters are largely genealogical records. And we're almost through those first nine chapters with chapter eight for this morning. Let's ask for the Lord's help as we open his word. Father, thank you that you have given us these names that we read of in today's chapter, Lord. These names tell us something about you, Lord. And they tell us something about your son. Oh, Father, we pray that as we read these names, Lord, and the words on the page that you would allow us to catch a glimpse of Jesus Christ through all of this, to be edified by it. For we know that every part, every portion, every section of your word is meant for our edification as your people and for your glory. And so we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, First Chronicles chapter 8. Benjamin fathered Bela, his firstborn, Ashbel the second, Ahara the third, Nohah the fourth, and Repha the fifth. And Bela had sons, Adar, Gera, Abihud, Abishua, Naaman, Ahoah, Gera, Shephufan, and Huram. These are the sons of Ehud. They were heads of fathers' houses of the inhabitants of Geba, and they were carried into exile to Manathan, Manahath. Naaman, Ahijah, and Gera, that is, Heglam, who fathered Uzzah and Ahihud. And Shearam fathered sons in the country of Moab after he had sent away Husham and Beera, his wives. He fathered sons by Hodish, his wife, Jobab, Zibia, Misha, Malcolm, Jeoz, Sakia, and Mermah. These were his sons, heads of fathers' houses. He also fathered sons by Husham, Abitub, and Elpale, the sons of Elpale, Eber, Misham and Shemed, who built Ano and Lud with its towns, and Bariah and Shema, they were heads of fathers' houses of the inhabitants of Ajalon, who caused the inhabitants of Gath to flee, and Ahio, Sheshak, and Jeremoth. Zebediah, Arad, Eder, Michael, Ishba, and Johah were sons of Bariah. Zebediah, Meshulam, Hizkai, Heber, Ishmerai, Isliah, and Jobab were the sons of Elpale. Jacob, Zikri, Zabdi, Elienai, Elienai, Zilathai, Eliel, Adea, Bariah, and Shimrath were the sons of Shimei. Ishpan, Eber, Eliel, Abdon, Zikri, Hanan, Hananiah, Elam, Anthathijah, Ifdea, and Penuel were the sons of Sheshak. Shamsharai, Shereah, Shehereah, Athaliah, Jerashah, Elijah, and Zikri were the sons of Jerohim. These were the heads of, the, of fathers' houses according to their generations, chief men. These lived in Jerusalem. Jeiel, the father of Gibeon, lived in Gibeon, and the name of his wife was Maacah. His firstborn son, Abdon, then Zer, Kish, Baal, Nadab, Gedor, Ahio, Zeker, and Mikloth. He fathered Shimea. Now these also lived opposite their kinsmen in Jerusalem with their kinsmen. Ner was the father of Kish, Kish of Saul, 
Saul of Jonathan, Malkishua, Abinadab, and Eshbaal. And the son of Jonathan was Meribel, and Meribel was the father of Micah. The sons of Micah, Python, Melech, Tariah, and Ahaz. Ahaz fathered Jehoiada, and Jehoiada fathered Alameth, Asmaveth, and Zimri. Zimri fathered Moza, Moza fathered Benaiah, Repha was his son, Eliasa his son, Azel his son. Azel had six sons, and these are their names, Azraikam, Bakiru, Ishmael, Shariah, Obadiah, and Hanan. All these were the sons of Azel, the sons of Eshek, his brother, Ulam, his firstborn, Jeish, the second, and Eliphalet, the third. The sons of Ulam were men who were mighty warriors, bowmen, having many sons and grandsons, 150. All these were Benjaminites. This ends the reading of First Chronicles chapter 8. And what to say about it? Well, clearly it's a genealogy of Saul, or at least Saul is mentioned toward this second half of the chapter. And one thing to point out is just how Saul, we know, was the first king of Israel. We read that in the book of First Samuel. And we read some of the context there as to how he became the first king. We know that it was a result of the people wanting a king, even to the chagrin of Samuel in his day. He didn't himself want a king for the people, not the kind of king that the people wanted for themselves. But God had decided that he would allow Saul to be the first king of Israel. And he had a reason for that. He was teaching the people that he was to be their true king. And Saul was uh, not the best king, as you probably recall, if, if you were reading through with us when we read through First and Second Samuel. But God's plan was to raise up another king, a king after his own heart, because Saul had not really trusted the Lord while he was king. It seemed like his kingship started off well, uh, in the very earliest chapter or so, where he, uh, after he had become king, where he was able to kind of drive out the enemy army and defeat the enemy army who was attacking the Israelites of the day. Uh, but it quickly was revealed that Saul was not a man after the Lord's own heart. He was a man who wanted to be well regarded by the people. In fact, it's interesting, he started out as a seemingly kind of cowardly man. He was hiding among the baggage when it was time for him to be selected as king. Perhaps that was an indication of maybe his some humility on his part, but it was probably more one of fear. We get a few chapters that show us that Saul wasn't the greatest leader. He couldn't find a couple of donkeys that had gone missing. He didn't quite know how to handle the situation. He had to rely on his servant to give him advice as to what to do. He had to be told by his servant that there was a prophet there, Samuel, who could help them. Uh, he wasn't really uh, leading well, even as we first encountered him. Despite once he becomes king, we see a little bit of uh, success on his part. Quickly thereafter, he is, um, it's revealed, it becomes clear that he's not a leader after God's own heart. But God had promised to raise up a leader after his own heart in place of Saul. We know that to be David. That's who this genealogy starts with. That's who this book starts with, really. It's, it, it highlights David at the first. And later it shows us that Saul was part of God's plan, though Saul wasn't the fulfillment of this plan um, 
as much as David was. And so we're later getting this genealogy of Saul. And yet we see God here allowing the, the family of Saul to continue on. We get mention of Jonathan and his son and his son and his son's sons. You know, we, it continues on and we see God's grace that this nation of Israel was not to be like one of the other nations of the world. This nation was unique. It wasn't to be a nation where infighting happens, where people are trying to destroy one another in order to gain status or position. God graciously allowed the family line of Saul to continue on, even though in some ways Saul was a pretty bad king. And some might even argue that he deserved for his family to kind of be uh, punished as a result of some of the things Saul did. We know Jonathan here, who's mentioned, was a godly man, the, one of the men who most supported David, the king that God had chosen to replace Saul. Um, Jonathan had supported David, and that was an indication of what Jonathan knew to be true about the Lord, that the Lord would establish his true king on his throne. And as we said, that king is Christ, Jesus the Lord. And so as we read this genealogy, we can be refreshed by God's faithfulness to continue providing for Saul's family. We can be reminded of, of what uh, Jonathan and others knew to be true, that though Saul was a man whom God used in a particular age, uh, there was a, another man that God would use, David, uh, to do an even greater work. And, and we can be refreshed by that and know that God's plan is going to continue. God is going to uh, make sure that what he desires comes to pass and that no human beings can get in the way of that plan. And that should be a comfort for us because whatever we're dealing with now, any kind of problems or delays that we're currently experiencing, we, we ought to rejoice. God is not on a delayed timetable. He is not uh, experiencing any setbacks in his plans. Everything is going according to plan. So if we find ourselves in a season where it feels like Saul and his rule are a in our day where we're experiencing that, know that God's plan is perfectly timed, that this side of heaven we're going to experience uh, frustrations and sadnesses. But when God's true king takes the throne, he has, but when he returns and it's known to all that that true king is on the throne, everything will be set right. Let's look forward to that day and let's pray to the Lord now. Please join me. Father, thank you that you have given us uh, this time, even as we think about some of these figures, uh, just some of the ways that you have faithfully brought people um, through the years, Lord, we're, we're reminded that you are the gracious Lord who would continue to bless people that don't deserve it. You did that with Saul and his family. You, you raised up a man like Jonathan as a son to Saul, who we know was a godly man and supported your true king. We pray that we would be such, Lord. Many of us have had parents uh, that haven't known you, some who have openly rebelled against you, and that you would raise up Jonathan's uh, men and women from uh, ungodly families. You would raise up uh, through Jesus Christ to be faithful to him, to the Lord, who is the one who initiated salvation for us and who is faithful to us uh, even, when, even before we were ever faithful to you or even knew what that meant. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for giving us a true king, Jesus. May we look forward to his return one day when everybody knows that he is the one you've set on the throne. You've set your king on holy Zion's hill. And Lord, we pray that we would come up there with him now while there's still opportunity, that we would kiss the son, kiss his feet, uh, that the nations would do that as, as we read in Psalm 2, and that we would be 
saved from his wrath and that we would enjoy his goodness and his salvation with fear and trembling. Uh, we would rejoice with trembling, as the psalm says, for his glory. In his name we pray. I'm glad you could join us today as we looked at 1 Chronicles 8. And I hope you'll be able to join us again tomorrow as we continue in the book of Acts. We're going to be looking at chapter 25 as Paul continues uh, to journey towards Rome, as, as the Lord takes his servant towards Rome. Hope you can join us for that. Uh, until then, have a blessed day in the Lord. Mm -hmm.